The audio that you're listening to is recorded for Newfound Faith Christian Ministries at newfoundfaith.org. If you have not done so already, be sure to go to newfoundfaith.org and subscribe for email notifications so that you don't miss a post. You can also watch videos and subscribe on YouTube as well. Just search for Newfound Faith. Thanks again for listening and be sure to share what you listen to today with all of those that are around you. This week's Sunday School lesson, lesson number five in a winter quarter, Blessing of Reconciliation. This week's lesson is being taught from the fifth chapter of 2 Corinthians, starting at the 11th verse and going through the 21st verse. It is a new month, it is a new year, and we have a new lesson, and our lesson for this week is going to be the first lesson in the second unit of lessons, and the second unit of lessons, it is titled Blessing of the Gospel. So in our last unit of lessons for the month of December, what did we look at? We looked at the birth of Christ, we looked at the coming of Christ, and Something that I repeated in both the Sunday school lessons and in the sermons last month was that Christ came to our world for a specific purpose and for a specific reason. And I said that the reason that Christ came to our world was for God's eternal desire. God has an eternal desire to dwell with mankind. God created us in his image and in his likeness. For the purpose of dwelling with us, not temporarily, but eternally. Okay. And so we're going to dive essentially into that thought. That thought is behind our lesson for not only today, but we're going to see for the next few weeks as well. All right. So before we jump into our lesson for this week, Uh, I do want to point out some things that I'm going to do with our lesson this week. I'm going to actually start at the 17th verse in our Sunday school lesson this week. I'm going to kind of take these verses on in reverse, if you will, at least the the halves. I'll take the halves of our lesson on in reverse uh, for this week. I'm going to start at the 17th verse and go down to the 21st verse. And then when I get to the 21st verse, I'm going to jump back up and we'll cover Uh, the 11th through the 16th verse. I think that uh, the lesson will flow a bit more fluently for us uh, if we attack our lesson this week, uh, this way, uh, this week. Uh, The next thing I want to do as well, before we even jump into those verses, I want to talk about uh, a blessing. I want to talk about what it means to be blessed, uh, what a blessing actually is, because there in our world, uh, we, we, we could say that there are two logics uh, behind what it means to be blessed and, and what a blessing is. There's a, a worldly view on what a blessing is and what it means to be blessed. And then there is a spiritual view on what a blessing is and, and what it means to be blessed. So we would say that a blessing or to be blessed, let's, let's look at it from that point. To be blessed means to be happy is what we would say from a worldly point of view to be blessed would to be happy. So from a worldly standpoint, a blessing is simply something that 
would make you happy. Now, one thing that we need to understand about the worldly viewpoint of, of what a blessing is and, and what it means to be blessed is that a blessing, something that can make you happy, uh, is something that would bring about a happiness that is temporary. And this is something that I said in in uh, my sermons, the, the two sermons that I preached in, in, in the month of December. Uh, when I was preaching about the spirit of Christmas, I said that there are people who are going out trying to be happy in their spirit. But the thing about drawing out, getting that happiness from something that is of the world or, or from a person is that happiness is seasonal. It is a happiness that is temporary. What I mean by that is that it is a happiness that can come but at the same time, it is a happiness that will go away. It is temporary. You'll be happy for one minute and then the next minute or over time, that happiness, what brought you happiness, it will fade. It will go away. And that happiness will need to be replenished by something else or somebody else, if you will, will or not even somebody else. Someone will have to do something different. Uh, to make you happy all over again, if that makes any sense to you. I hope it does. Happiness that is, again, of the world is a happiness that is temporary. So uh, being blessed, we find of the world, the blessings of the world can make someone happy, but that happiness will only be temporary. That's why a lot of people have to grind and hustle for gaining wealth, if you will, gaining riches. Because one moment the, the riches can make you happy, but something may ha happen to you that may take that happiness away. And you have to go out and you have to go and get more riches over and over and over again. But the difference between the blessings of the world and, and, the, and the, def, the, the, the blessings of the Lord, they are drastic. When God seeks to make us happy, he, yes, will bless us. Blessings come our way. But the difference is, is that God can make us happy in our soul, but not only can he make us happy in our soul, he can make us content. God's blessings, they come with contentment. OK, whereas, again, the, the blessings of the world, they essentially feel our our lust. They, they feel our happiness for a moment. It does not come with any contentment at all. Whereas the Lord's blessings, as James wrote in, in his letter, the blessings from above, they come down and they are good and they are perfect. God's blessings, they are good and they are perfect for our soul, for the benefit of, of making us full in our soul. So not only are, are we happy in our soul from the blessing that God has blessed us with, but we become content. Our soul no longer craves. Our soul no longer lusts after. We, we become happy and we become content in our soul. So there's a drastic difference where the blessing of the world makes us happy temporarily, but the blessings that come from the Lord, they make us full. And, 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 and we are happy, not just for a moment, but we are we are happy always. OK, so the blessings of the Lord, again, they are drastically different uh, than the blessings that come from the world. God knows our every need 
and he supplies our every need is what the Lord does. And in supplying our every need, we are made whole. We are made full in our soul. And again, our happiness is not temporary. Our happiness is long lasting. So I want you to keep that in mind as we make our way over the next few weeks with these Sunday school lessons. Let us understand when we are looking at being blessed or when we're looking at the blessings here over the next few weeks, let us remember, let us know that these are blessings that are coming from the Lord. These are not blessings that are of the world. These are blessings that are of the Lord. Our lesson here today, for example, we are looking at the blessing of reconciliation. And so this is again a blessing that comes from the Lord. We're told here in the 17th verse, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, this is talking about essentially being in fellowship with Christ. If anyone is in Christ, we are told that he is a new creation. That is what Paul says to the Corinthians there. He is a new creation. He's not, he's not that same create or creature uh, that he once was or that she once was. He is a new, she is a new creation. Paul said, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So there is a change for all of those who are in fellowship with Christ, who are in Christ is what Paul is saying there. There is a change. They're no longer that old person. They are a new person. They are a new creation, which is a very interesting point because this brings up the idea of creation itself. Was there something wrong with the way that we were created? Now, to ask that question would would be asking, well, is there something wrong with our creator? Was there something wrong with our creator? If we're asking, well, uh, again, if it was there was there something wrong with us when we were created again? Speaking of the first chapter of Genesis and the 26th verse, where again, the Lord has said, let us when he was talking about creating mankind. He said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. That was the Godhead speaking there. That is the father. That is the son. That is the Holy Spirit speaking of, of creating mankind in his image and in his likeness. And again, something that I said in, in sermons in December is that there are a lot of people who, when they read that verse, they get hung up on, do we physically look like God? God is a spirit. But there are many people who get hung up on the idea of whether our image, our outward appearance, whether or not it looks like God. We should not, in my opinion, we should not be concerned about the outward appearance as much as we are, especially when we talk about that verse in, in, in that chapter, in the first chapter of Genesis. When God says, in my opinion, when God says, let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness, I believe he's talking about our essence spiritually. I believe he's talking about in his glory and in his righteousness. When, when God creates, he's creating from himself. God, when he created us, he created us in being righteous because he is righteous. He did not create mankind to be a sinful creature. And, and the reason why we can say that is because God is benevolent. He is perfect. He is all good. And, and as Jesus said himself, 
Okay. Uh, bad fruit can't fall from a good tree. Okay. Good fruit can't fall from a bad tree. When, when God created us, he created us in his righteousness. There is no sin in God. He is incapable of creating sinful creatures. So when he created us, he created us in his glory and in his righteousness. Mankind at one point in time had that glory. Mankind at one point in time was a righteous creature. But we know something happened. What happened was mankind sinned in the garden. We were disobedient in the garden. He gave one command, okay, one rule for, for man to follow in the garden. And that was to eat, to not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, right? But mankind ate from that tree and we disobeyed. And when we disobeyed our heart, our soul, our essence, our spirit, it was polluted. It was corrupted by sin. In our essence, it was darkened. All right. And, and so we find where we look here at this, this 17th verse where, where, where Paul is saying that, that anyone who is in Christ is a new creation and old things have passed away. We find that Paul is speaking about the old nature of man, not, not that we were not the nature that was created in, in righteousness, but the nature that, that is of sin. By default, in our nature, we are of sin. We are sinners. But when we turn, when we repent from our ways of wickedness and we turn to Christ, we are saying that we are putting aside our disobedience and, and walking in our own way for walking for the way of Christ. We are saying to the Lord, we're saying to Christ that we want to be obedient now. We want to live by your instructions. We want to be obedient to your instructions, Lord. And so we are saying we're putting those old ways, the, the old sinful ways behind us for, for, for your new ways. And, and we become a, a new creation. When you and I genuinely believe the Holy Spirit was poured out onto us. And the, the Holy Spirit begins to work within us, in our hearts, changing us, transforming us from that old person, that old man, as you often hear said, and it's changing us into that new person, that new being. Okay. We, 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 we are passing away from that sinful being into the new being that is now righteous. Our righteousness, in other words, it has come back, right? The Holy Spirit is, is transforming us back into what we once were before mankind fell into sin. There's a transformative work that is taking place inside of all of us. And that transformative work is being done by the Holy Spirit. We're told in the 18th verse that Christ is the reason for that, that transformative work that is now being done inside of us. We're told in the 18th verse, it says, now all things are of God. Again, all things were, were created by God. And, and we're told in the last verse there in the first chapter of Genesis, we are told there in that verse that when God looked at his creation, he saw everything. And not only was it good, but everything was very good. Creation itself was created in his righteousness. Mankind being a part of that creation, right? 
was created in his righteousness. Everything was was very good. But again, when mankind sinned in the garden, mankind was not only polluted with sin, but creation itself as well was polluted by sin as well. Okay, so here in this 18th verse, Paul is saying that all things are of God, which speaks to, again, creation itself. God created everything, the known and the unknown. We'll see Paul again say there are all things of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. To reconcile means to restore. It is to restore back to harmony. So he says there, Paul says there that God has reconciled us, mankind, to himself. He has has restored harmony between himself and mankind. We have to understand that mankind and the Lord were out of sync. We were out of harmony. Well, how are we out of sync? How are we out of harmony? Well, we were out of sync. We were out of harmony because of our nature. God will not. God does not abide with wickedness. He will not abide with anything that is disobedient to him. So when it comes to sin, when it came to sin, God, he raised a barrier, right? The Lord raised a barrier between himself and sin because he would have no part of it. But God, again, he never desired to to have a barrier raised between himself and mankind. God has always desired to dwell with mankind. And so that barrier, it needed to be removed. That barrier needed to be taken away so that the opportunity could be there for mankind to to dwell with the Lord. And in order for that barrier to be removed, what did God do? Well, God gave the world his only begotten son so that, again, anyone who has faith in his only begotten son would not perish But as said in the third chapter of John's gospel in the 16th verse, they will have everlasting life. You see, that again is what what God has always desired from the very beginning of when he created mankind. He always desired to to dwell with mankind. But unfortunately, because of the sin of mankind, God could not dwell with mankind. So in order to 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 be able to dwell with us. He needed to take that barrier away, that barrier of sin. It needed to be taken away. Christ came to the world to take that barrier away so that those who are of faith can live in harmony with the Lord. We we, 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 we no longer live in our sinners because of our faith. We are restored back to that righteousness that again, mankind once had. So again, we're told there in the 18th verse, it says, now all things are of God who has reconciled us. He has restored the relationship, the harmony, the sync, if you will, between himself and mankind. And he did this through Christ, who Paul says there as that 18th verse continues, says there, and has given us the the ministry of reconciliation. Christ himself came to the world with a ministry of restoration, a ministry of reconciliation, right? 
what did Christ do when he was in the world? Think about what Christ did when he was in the world. He taught, he preached, and we would say that he performed miracles. Well, for what purpose was he doing these things other than to to show mankind the way in which we ought to live, the way uh, in which we ought to go so that we can ourselves become righteous, so that we can have an eternal home with the Lord, right? Uh, there, There's another eternal home that is separate, that is set apart, that is that is away from God. But Christ did not want us going that route. He taught us better. He taught us that, yes, we are sinners, but there is a way in which you and I can be forgiven of our sins. He taught that the Lord is a merciful God who is ready, willing and able to forgive us of our sins. Should we confess those sins to him? We again were taught by Christ, who again preached that if we simply eat of him, he said that he's the bread of life. If we consume him, he said that if we drink of his blood, we will have that life. So if we are of faith and we live by that faith in him, we will have life, not physical life, but we're talking about life that is spiritual. So Christ came to a world that was in darkness spiritually. And he said that he is the light of the world. And he preached the truth to us, the truth that came from the Lord. And if you and I, we believe this truth, we accept this truth and we live by this truth. Christ said that we will be free. The truth will make us free. Free from what you may ask? Well, free from the bondage of sin. And again, as we see here, as Paul said, when, when, when you and I are free, we are no longer that old person. We're no longer that old being. The, the Holy Spirit works that transformative work in us and, and we become a new creature. We no longer live bound to sin. We live under the grace of God. We, we live in his care. We live in fellowship with him because that relationship the, the harmony has been restored between us and, and the Lord. We have been reconciled to him. And so this is the blessing that comes from Christ. This again is how God makes us happy in our heart, in our soul, a happiness to where we become content. You see, we, we, we can't overlook this work of reconciliation. Because this work of reconciliation, it leads to our fellowship and fellowship. I want you to understand it is a personal relationship between us and the Lord. So the work of reconciliation, it has led to a blessing to where you and I, we have our own personal relationship with the Lord. And that I tell you, it is a wonderful blessing. And again, it has come our way because of the work that was done for us by Christ, that work of reconciliation. And so Christ had a ministry of reconciliation. We ourselves, as, as those who have been saved by him, we also have a work of or a ministry of reconciliation as well. That is what the Great Commission 
that we find in the 28th chapter of Matthew's gospel in the 19th and the 20th verse, the Great Commission is about just that. It is about restoring those who are lost in sin to the Lord, all of those who are in the dark. Christ commissioned us to go out and to baptize all in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and to teach them all things that, that Christ had commanded us to observe ourselves. So we are to take those things out to the people. We are to share those things with all of those that are around us, not just our family, but again, the stranger as well. We are to share those things with so that they too can turn away from their way of wickedness to the Lord and be restored to him, be made whole by him. Okay. And that's what we see said there in the 19th verse. The 19th verse says that is that God was in Christ because again, as John said in his gospel, the first chapter, the first verse, that the word was there in the beginning and that the word was with God and the word was God. Christ is God in the flesh. Said there in, again in 19 verse, Paul said, that is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Not imputing the their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. The Lord could have come and he could have judged us right then and there. And he could have destroyed. He could have just done away with mankind. Because again, mankind was living in sin. We were living in darkness. But that is not what the Lord did. He, he came to this world. He came to, to save this world. He did not come to destroy the world. He came to save the world. And that's, again, something that that Christ said himself. There are many people who today who believe that the Lord is out to destroy them and that could not be any further from the truth. The Lord is not out to destroy anyone. Okay. God, he came to the world to save. He still calls out to man today through us. We are all ministers today. Okay. All of us are ministers. A lot of times, uh, people believe to think when they hear that word ministers, when they when they hear someone is a minister, they think of the preacher. But all of us are actually ministers. We should be going out and we should be sharing the good news. We should be sharing the gospel with all of those that are around us. Because, again, we find that the gospel itself is a ministry of reconciliation. The gospel is the good news. The good news is what? That Christ was born, that Christ lived in our world, that he died for you and me. Okay. But not only did he die for you and me, he was risen from the dead for you and me as well to show that all authority, all power belongs to him. That again, through our faith in him, we too will be risen. We will rise over sin. We will rise over the devil. We will rise over this world and we will have an eternal home with the Lord as well. Okay, so again, there in the 19th verse, it just said that is that God was in Christ reconciling, restoring the world to himself, not imputing their their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. We have the word of reconciliation and we should be carrying that word with us today, sharing it with all of those that are around us. We can't we should not hold on uh, to the word of reconciliation just for ourselves. We know that the word of reconciliation is is not meant just for, for, for us, ourselves, 
but it is meant for all those that are around us. Again, remember what is said there in the third chapter of John's gospel in the 16th verse. It is said that God loved the world. God did not love just a, a nation of the world. He did not love just a, a select few. He loved the world and he gave the world his only begotten son. He gave the world the ministry of reconciliation. So we should not hold on to it just for ourselves. Once we obtain the, the word of reconciliation, guess what we should do? We again should share it with all of those that are around us. As Paul, we see him say there in the 20th verse, he says, now then we are ambassadors for Christ. We are representatives. We are, in other words, we are stewards for Christ. So as ambassadors for Christ, we have the authority to speak on his behalf. That's what an ambassador does, right? An ambassador for America has the authority to speak on behalf of the American president and the American people, right? That's what an ambassador does. As ambassadors for Christ, we have the authority to speak on God's behalf, on Christ's behalf. Christ, again, is God in the flesh. That authority, again, was given to us in the Great Commission, where Christ told us to go out and to baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, to go out and to teach all things that he commanded us to observe. That is what we have the authority to do. Now, let us get this straight. We do not have the authority to go out and to judge and to dictate and to condemn people to where they are going to, to end up. I can't tell anybody for a fact that they are going to end up in heaven. I can't tell anybody for a fact that they are going to end up in hell. Okay. I, I want to make sure this point is very clear. I can't condemn anybody to hell and I can't tell you, Oh, you are definitely going to heaven. I can't tell you that because I don't know anything about you. I don't know anything about your heart. The one who has the final say about that is the Lord. God is the one who's going to judge. He has that authority. I don't have that authority. Now, what I can do, what I can say to you is that if you live obediently to his word, then you will end up in heaven. And I can tell you that because that's what Christ said. But again, I don't know your heart. I don't know if you really are living obediently to the way of God. I can only speak on, on that behalf of myself. I can tell you that I strive to live obediently. And again, I have faith in Christ. And I believe that my faith will, will lead me to being in the Lord's heavenly kingdom. Okay, I can say that of myself and I can say that of all of those who would turn around and tell me I live obediently. If, if, if someone says to me, I live obediently to the way of Christ, then I say and then I can say to them that if you are living obediently to his way and you are of genuine faith, then heaven has been promised to you. That is what I can say. But again, I can't condemn. I can't promise. I can't say I have the authority to send you to heaven. And on the flip side of that, I can't say I have the authority to send you to hell because I don't have that authority. Only have the authority to speak on God's behalf. Okay? Because that is what's been commissioned. That is what's been tasked for me to do. And again, the same commission, the same task has been given to all of those who are of genuine faith. So all of us, 
We are ambassadors for Christ. And the word that, that we should be sharing is, again, that word of reconciliation. So, again, we're told there in the 20th verse, it says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. Okay, that's the Holy Spirit working in us. Okay, God pleads through us. Okay, because, again, God wants all people to come back to him. He does not want to lose anybody. That's again, that's something that Jesus says as well. Jesus said that that the Lord doesn't want to lose anybody. He he again he he came to the world to save. And we find that said in in Luke's gospel. God does not desire to lose anyone. He he desires for all people to be restored unto righteousness and to be restored back unto him. So again, it says there in the 20th uh 20th verse uh as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, okay? The we there that, that Paul is speaking of there, he was speaking of himself and the cohorts of the gospel, those who were sharing in and ministering the good news. They were imploring uh, the Corinthians and also others as well to 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 come back to Christ, okay? Be, be, be restored, come back to him. It says again there in the 20th verse, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf as ambassadors, be reconciled to God. Come back, uh, be restored to the Lord. All right. That's that's what all of us as believers ought to be doing today as well. That is our calling again as as genuine believers, as a child of God. We are to share that word of reconciliation. We have been giving a ministry of reconciliation. And that is what we ought to be doing. All right. The 21st verse says, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So that's, again, the Lord desired to restore us back to that righteousness that we once had. OK. And so he gave the world his only begotten son. All right. Who, again, knew no sin, but became sin for us. He became our atonement offering. He became our propitiation. So when we circle back around to that 11th verse, we can circle back around and we can we can take from the 11th through the 16th verse with a great deal of understanding as to what is being said there. In the 11th verse, we'll see Paul say, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. What are we persuading men? We, we are persuading others to turn away from sin because we know what awaits sin. We know the terror of the Lord. What is the terror of the Lord? The terror of the Lord is to punish. He's going to punish sin one day. He's going to do away with sin. He's going to cast sin away from his presence for all of eternity. Like I said, there is another eternal place. If you will, there is another eternal kingdom. But that kingdom is not of God. That kingdom is of wickedness. That kingdom is of sin. And people who, who will reside in that kingdom will be punished by their sins. They will be punished with the, with the Lord not being in their presence to, to ease sin. You see, we live in a world of sin today, but you and I, we aren't necessarily punished by sin. There, there are many of us who, who feel the guilty weight of sin, but that weight is lightened for us. That weight is lightened for us because we have the Lord who, again, we are able to cast our burdens on and who will lift those burdens for us. The burdens 
that 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 we carry. Yes, you know, our stresses and, and burdens of that nature, but the burden of sin as well. The burden of sin is very heavy. Okay, and and if it was not for God, we would be crushed down by the heavy weight of sin. And we find that there are many people who 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 have given up because of the heavy burden of sin. There's so much for them to carry that they just give up. All right. And, and, and they can no longer go on 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 this journey trying to carry that weight. All right. What they should do when they find that weight is too heavy for them is that's that's when they should turn to the Lord. OK, because you don't want to end up sitting still on the journey. You want to keep moving on the journey. OK, if you keep moving on the journey, you can make your way to heaven. But if you give up on the journey, hell eventually catches up with you. You don't even have to walk there to it. <laughs> hell eventually will just catch up with you. All right. So he says, knowing there, Paul said, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade. He didn't say that we dictate. OK, he didn't say anything like that. He says we persuade others. We persuade men. Believers, we have to understand that the ministry that has been given to us is not a ministry of dictation. Like I said, we can't condemn anybody. Okay, we should not dictate to anybody. When when Christ came to to the world, he again did not input our trespasses to us, did not condemn us. He didn't even dictate to us. Christ encouraged and he persuaded and so we, we should follow in his example. Okay. We should follow in his example. We should persuade. We should encourage others to turn away from, from sin, to repent and turn to the way of the Lord. Because again, we know the terror that, that awaits sin. We know that sin is going to be cast away from God's presence for all of eternity. And so that's why we should go out and, and minister this word of reconciliation. All right. We'll see that it said there in the 12th verse. I'm not going to take the ending of that 11th verse there because Paul was, you know, speaking in general to to the people of Corinth there. Um, we see him say there in the 12th verse, it says, for we do not commend ourselves again to you, but we give you opportunity to boast on our behalf that, that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance and and not in heart. There were many people who at that point in time and it's still today. Uh, they live according to the outward appearance rather than uh, living, you know, according to what what is in one's heart. Said there in the 13th verse, it says, for if we are beside ourselves, it is for God or or if we are of sound mind, it is for you. I'm going to take the 14th verse uh, and the 15th verse and combine that in to to understand what's said there in, in the 12th and then the 13th verse. Uh, we'll see it say there in the 14th verse. It says, for the love of Christ compels us, okay? It compels us, it compelled Paul uh, to, to go out and share the good news with all those that were around him, okay? He said that it was the love of Christ that did it. It wasn't his own self-motivation, all right? Paul did have some self-motivation. We, we've discussed that before. Like he he had his own motives to, for, for going to Rome. And that's something that we've discussed before as well. But overall, when it came to ministering the good news, he's saying there that it wasn't his own self-motivation. It wasn't his own ego. It wasn't his own pride uh, to go out and to minister the good news. It was the love of Christ that that compelled him to share the good news with all of those that were around him. 
it should be the love of Christ, okay, that, that dwells in us, that should cause us to go out and to minister the good news with all those that are around us as well. There, I'm not going to lie, there are many people who are self-motivated uh, to go out. They, 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 they move to, quote unquote, share the good news uh, for their own selfish reasons, I would say, for their own ego, for their own pride. And of course, that's just not right. All right. Uh, if, if we're going to go out and we're going to share the good news, if we're going to let somebody know that they can be forgiven, that they can be forgiven of their sins, that they can find salvation. OK, that they can be forgiven of their sins then find salvation and enter into the eternal kingdom of the Lord. It should be the love of Christ that compels us to do that. All right. So Paul said, for the love of Christ compels us because we judge us. That if one died for all, then all died. The 15th verse says, and he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Okay, so we know that again, Christ, he lived for the world. He lived for, for all of mankind. He died for all of mankind. Okay. So Paul said that, that again, he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but live for him. All right. We, we, we are living for Christ who lived for all people. So if we're living for Christ who lived for all people, guess who we are living for? We are living for all people. And so, again, like I said, when we, when we were speaking there in the 20th verse, we are ambassadors for Christ. And we are moving on behalf for all people with a ministry of reconciliation that is not just for ourselves, but for all people. Christ, he commanded us to love the Lord with our whole heart. And then the next thing that Christ commanded us was to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. So the ministry of reconciliation, again, is not just for us. It is for our neighbor as well. And so Paul said there in the 13th verse, he said that if we are beside ourselves, some may think that that we are crazy is what Paul is saying there. And there are many people who are in the world today who think you and me because we are of faith, because we believe in the God that can't be seen. Right. They think that we are crazy when we go out and we minister the good news. They think that you and I are fools. They think that we are beside ourselves. Paul said, if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. I much rather be a fool for the Lord than a fool for the world. Because what is the world going to do for me? What is the world going to give me? Can the world give me an eternal home? Absolutely cannot. It cannot do that because this world itself is temporary. The Lord said that he's creating a new heaven and a new earth. That this world is going to pass away. He's reconciling his creation. Okay, he's reconciled mankind already. Okay, but this old world, this old creation, it is going to pass away and he's going to bring in a new creation that is meant for all of those that were restored, that were reconciled unto him. Okay, so again, said there that, that if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. Some may think that the message that we shared is foolish. But again, I'd rather be a fool for the Lord than a fool for the world. Then Paul said that 
that if we are of sound mind, it is for you. You see, spirit can recognize spirit. Those who are of the Holy Spirit can recognize others who are of the Holy Spirit. Okay? And, and, and when we hear their message that they're sharing, that is coming from the Holy Spirit, we know that it is sound. We know when someone is sharing sound doctrine and when they are of sound mind. Because we are judging from the spirit that is in us. That is, we are judging, okay? We, we, we are discerning. That's, that's a better word. We are discerning by the Holy Spirit that dwells in us, okay? All right, so the 16th verse, it went on to say there in the 16th verse, it says, therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. We aren't looking at that outward appearance. Even though, Paul said, we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. They were able to, to hold on to Christ, John said. They were able to see Christ. Okay, Paul Paul wasn't, he, he didn't physically see Christ. He didn't physically hold on to Christ, okay? But, but he knew him from a spiritual standpoint. And that's something that, again, you know, I mentioned John. That's something that John, in his writings, you'll see that he also began to learn as well. He said that the word was made flesh, but, you know, there, there were many at that point in time who did not recognize him because of that outward appearance. They were judging by the outward appearance. But John said that, that those who, who received him was able to, to recognize his glory. They, they began to look beyond that flesh. And they saw the true nature of Christ, the true nature of Christ being his spirit. And that's something that, again, you and I, we, we, we have the ability to do. We have the ability to, to discern by the spirit today because of the Holy Spirit that dwells in us. And so we must learn to, to look beyond this physical world. And we must judge thus beyond this, this physical world for the spiritual so rather than seeing someone according to their outward appearance, we should we should look at at that person as them also being a soul, a being just as we are a soul, a being, a spirit. And that's what we should be concerned with. God is not concerned with our outward appearance. He's concerned with our soul. He did not give the world his only begotten son because I'm black or because someone may be white. Okay. He did not give the only begotten son because someone may have straight hair and, and others may have nappy hair or curly hair. He gave the world his only begotten son because of the condition of our soul. So we should be concerned with the soul of others, that their soul gets right. Okay, that's what we should be concerned with. And, 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 and if we can, can view someone as, as as again beyond that outward appearance and for a soul then we can preach to them we can teach to them we can minister to them the good news okay we can learn to to love on a completely different level you see the obstacle that many of us face today is that outward appearance it's just so difficult for for a lot of us to get beyond that outward appearance but we must learn to move beyond that outward appearance. Because as James said, 
you and I, we have the ability to cover a multitude of sins with this ministry of reconciliation. You and I, we have the ability to bring a soul to the Lord. Therefore, we have the ability to save a soul. Okay. All right. So what did we learn today? We learned today that we, again, we have been restored. Harmony has been brought to us. Okay. On behalf of Christ working that work of reconciliation you and i we have a ministry of reconciliation we should be ministering the the good news to all of those that are around us and lastly we have the ability to save a soul if we if we simply begin to look beyond the outward appearance and and we begin to teach minister and preach to that soul we have the ability to save it all right. So that is our lesson for this week. I hope that all of you enjoyed this lesson. I hope that you will share this lesson with someone somewhere. And I hope that you will come back for our Sunday school lesson next week as well. Until that time again, let us continue about going about in grace and in love. That is our calling as a child of God to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. We are also called to love the Lord with our whole heart. And we do that again by loving all of those that are around us. Let us also continue to go out and about in prayer let us be prayerful you never know what anyone is in need of so let us pray not just for ourselves not just for our loved ones let us pray for the stranger as well let us pray for all people as well and let us again be good ambassadors for the lord so again come back for our sunday school lesson next week and until that time i pray that the lord continues to keep and to bless all of you